Section 32 of Grey's Anatomy, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 1, by Henry Grey. The Exterior of the Skull, Part 2. The infratemporal fossa, fossa infratemporalis, zygomatic fossa. The infratemporal fossa is an irregularly shaped cavity, situated below and medial to the zygomatic arch. It is bounded, in front, by the infratemporal surface of the maxilla and the ridge which descends from its zygomatic process. Behind, by the articular tubercle of the temporal and the spinal angularis of the sphenoid. Above, by the great wing of the sphenoid below the infratemporal crest, and by the undersurface of the temporal squama, below, by the alveolar border of the maxilla, medially, by the lateral pterygoid plate. It contains the lower part of the temporalis, the pterygoidea internus and externus, the internal maxillary vessels, and the mandibular and maxillary nerves. The foramen ovale and foramen spinosum open on its roof, and the alveolar canals on its anterior wall. At its upper and medial part are two fissures, which together form a T-shaped fissure, the horizontal limb being named the inferior orbital, and the vertical one the pterygomaxillary. The inferior orbital fissure, fissura orbitalis inferior, sphenomaxillary fissure, horizontal indirection, opens into the lateral and back part of the orbit. It is bounded above by the lower border of the orbital surface of the great wing of the sphenoid, below by the lateral border of the orbital surface of the maxilla and the orbital process of the palatine bone, laterally by a small part of the zygomatic bone. Note 48. Occasionally the maxilla and the sphenoid articulate with each other at the interior extremity of this fissure. The zygomatic is then excluded from it. Medially, it joins at right angles with the pterygomaxillary fissure. Through the inferior orbital fissure, the orbit communicates with the temporal, infratemporal, and pterygopalatine fossae. The fissure transmits the maxillary nerve and its zygomatic branch, the infraorbital vessels, the ascending branches from the sphenopalatine ganglion, and a vein which connects the inferior ophthalmic vein with the pterygoid venous plexus. The pterygomaxillary fissure is vertical and descends at right angles from the medial end of the preceding. It is a triangular interval formed by the divergence of the maxilla from the pterygoid process of the sphenoid. It connects the infratemporal with the pterygopalatine fossa and transmits the terminal part of the internal maxillary artery. The pterygopalatine fossa Fossa pterygopalatina, sphenomaxillary fossa the pterygopalatine fossa is a small, triangular space at the angle of junction of the inferior orbital and pterygomaxillary fissures, and placed beneath the apex of the orbit. It is bounded above by the undersurface of the body of the sphenoid and by the orbital process of the palatine bone, in front by the infratemporal surface of the maxilla, behind by the base of the pterygoid process and lower part of the anterior surface of the great wing of the sphenoid, medially by the vertical part of the palatine bone with its orbital and sphenoidal processes. This fossa communicates with the orbit by the inferior orbital fissure, 
with the nasal cavity by the sphenopalatine foramen, and with the infratemporal fossa by the pterygal maxillary fissure. Five foramina open into it. Of these, three are on the posterior wall, viz. the foramen rotundum, the pterygoid canal, and the pharyngeal canal, in this order downward and medialward. On the medial wall is the sphenopalatine foramen, and below is the superior orifice of the pterygopalatine canal. The fossa contains the maxillary nerve, the sphenopalatine ganglion, and the terminal part of the internal maxillary artery. Norma occipitalis. When viewed from behind, the cranium presents a more or less circular outline. In the middle line is the posterior part of the sagittal suture connecting the parietal bones. Extending downward and lateralward from the hinder end of the sagittal suture is the deeply serrated lambdoidal suture, joining the parietals to the occipital, and continuous below with the parietomastoid and occipitomastoid sutures. It frequently contains one or more sutural bones. Near the middle of the occipital squama is the external occipital protuberance, or inion, and extending lateralward from it on either side is the superior nuchal line, and above this the faintly marked highest nuchal line. The part of the squama above the inion and highest lines is named the planum occipitali, and is covered by the occipitalis muscle. The part below is termed the planum nucale, and is divided by the median nuchal line which runs downward and forward from the inion to the foramen magnum. This ridge gives attachment to the ligamentum nuchae. The muscles attached to the planum nucale are enumerated on page 130. Below and in front are the mastoid processes, convex laterally and grooved medially by the mastoid notches. In or near the occipitomastoid suture is the mastoid foramen for the passage of the mastoid emissary vein. Norma frontalis. When viewed from the front, the skull exhibits a somewhat oval outline, limited above by the frontal bone, below by the body of the mandible, and laterally by the zygomatic bones and the mandibular rami. The upper part, formed by the frontal squamer, is smooth and convex. The lower part, made up of the bones of the face, is irregular. It is excavated laterally by the orbital cavities, and presents in the middle line the anterior nasal aperture leading to the nasal cavities, and below this the transverse slit between the upper and lower dental arcades. Above, the frontal eminences stand out more or less prominently, and beneath these are the superciliary arches, joined to one another in the middle by the glabella. On and above the glabella, a trace of the frontal suture sometimes persists. Beneath is the frontonasal suture, the midpoint of which is termed the nasion. Behind and below the frontonasal suture, the frontal articulates with the frontal process of the maxilla and with the lacrimal. Arching transversely below the superciliary arches is the upper part of the margin of the orbit, thin and prominent in its lateral two-thirds, rounded in its medial third, and presenting at the junction of these two portions the supraorbital notch or foramen for the supraorbital nerve and vessels. The supraorbital margin ends laterally in the zygomatic process which articulates with the zygomatic bone, and from it the temporal line extends upward and backward. Below the frontonasal suture is the bridge of the nose, convex from side to side, concavo-convex from above downward, and formed by the two nasal bones supported in the middle line by the perpendicular plate of the ethmoid, and laterally 
by the frontal processes of the maxillae which are prolonged upward between the nasal and lacrimal bones and form the lower and medial part of the circumference of each orbit below the nasal bones and between the maxillae is the anterior aperture of the nose piriform in shape with the narrow end directed upward laterally this opening is bounded by sharp margins to which the lateral and alar cartilages of the nose are attached below the margins are thicker and curve medialward and forward to end in the anterior nasal spine on looking into the nasal cavity the bony septum which separates the nasal cavities presents in front a large triangular deficiency this in the fresh state is filled up by the cartilage of the nasal septum on the lateral wall of each nasal cavity the anterior part of the inferior nasal conker is visible below and lateral to the anterior nasal aperture are the anterior surfaces of the maxillae each perforated near the lower margin of the orbit by the infraorbital foramen for the passage of the infraorbital nerve and vessels below and medial to this foramen is the canine eminence separating the incisive from the canine fossa beneath these fossae are the alveolar processes of the maxillae containing the upper teeth which overlap the teeth of the mandible in front the zygomatic bone on either side forms the prominence of the cheek the lower and lateral portion of the orbital cavity and the anterior part of the zygomatic arch it articulates medially with the maxilla behind with the zygomatic process of the temporal and above with the great wing of the sphenoid and the zygomatic process of the frontal it is perforated by the zygomatico-facial foramen for the passage of the zygomatico-facial nerve on the body of the mandible is a median ridge indicating the position of the symphysis this ridge divides below to enclose the mental protuberance the lateral angles of which constitute the mental tubercles below the incisor teeth is the incisive fossa and beneath the second premolar tooth the mental foramen which transmits the mental nerve and vessels the oblique line runs upward from the mental tubercle and is continuous behind with the anterior border of the ramus the posterior border of the ramus runs downward and forward from the condyle to the angle which is frequently more or less everted the orbits the orbits are two quadrilateral pyramidal cavities situated at the upper and anterior part of the face their bases being directed forward and lateralward and their apices backward and medialward so that their long axes if continued backward would meet over the body of the sphenoid each presents for examination a roof a floor a medial and a lateral wall a base and an apex the roof is concave directed downward and slightly forward and formed in front by the orbital plate of the frontal behind by the small wing of the sphenoid it presents medially the trochlear fovea for the attachment of the cartilaginous pulley of the obliquous oculi superior laterally the lacrimal fossa for the lacrimal gland and posteriorly the suture between the frontal bone and the small wing of the sphenoid the floor is directed upward and lateralward and is of less extent than the roof it is formed chiefly by the orbital surface of the maxilla in front and laterally by the orbital process of the zygomatic bone and behind and medially to a small extent by the orbital process of the palatine at its medial angle is the upper opening of the nasal lacrimal canal immediately to the lateral side of which is a depression for the origin of the obliquous oculi inferior on its lateral part is the suture between the maxilla and zygomatic bone and at its posterior part that between the maxilla and the orbital process of the palatine running forward near the middle of the floor is the infraorbital groove ending in front in the infraorbital canal and transmitting the infraorbital nerve and vessels 
the medial wall is nearly vertical and is formed from before backward by the frontal process of the maxilla the lacrimal the lamina papyracea of the ethmoid and a small part of the body of the sphenoid in front of the optic foramen sometimes the sphenoidal concha forms a small part of this wall it exhibits three vertical sutures viz the lacromaxillary lacrimoethmoidal and sphenoethmoidal in front is seen the lacrimal groove which lodges the lacrimal sac and behind the groove is the posterior lacrimal crest from which the lacrimal part of the orbicularis oculi arises at the junction of the medial wall and the roof are the frontomaxillary frontolacrimal frontoethmoidal and sphenofrontal sutures the point of junction of the anterior border of the lacrimal with the frontal is named the dacreon in the frontoethmoidal suture are the anterior and posterior ethmoidal foramina the former transmitting the nasociliary nerve and anterior ethmoidal vessels the latter the posterior ethmoidal nerve and vessels the lateral wall directed medialward and forward is formed by the orbital process of the zygomatic and the orbital surface of the great wing of the sphenoid these are united by the sphenozygomatic suture which terminates below at the front end of the inferior orbital fissure on the orbital process of the zygomatic bone are the orbital tubercle whitnell, and the orifices of one or two canals which transmit the branches of the zygomatic nerve between the roof and the lateral wall near the apex of the orbit is the superior orbital fissure through this fissure the ocular motor the trochlea the ophthalmic division of the trigeminal and the abducent nerves enter the orbital cavity also some filaments from the cavernous plexus of the sympathetic and the orbital branches of the middle meningeal artery passing backward through the fissure are the ophthalmic vein and the recurrent branch from the lacrimal artery to the dura mater the lateral wall and floor are separated posteriorly by the inferior orbital fissure which transmits the maxillary nerve and its zygomatic branch the infraorbital vessels and the ascending branches from the sphenopalatine ganglion the base of the orbit quadrilateral in shape is formed above by the supraorbital arch of the frontal bone in which is supraorbital notch or foramen for the passage of the supraorbital vessels and nerve below by the zygomatic bone and maxilla united by the zygomatico-maxillary suture laterally by the zygomatic bone and the zygomatic process of the frontal joined by the zygomatico-frontal suture medially by the frontal bone and the frontal process of the maxilla united by the frontomaxillary suture the apex situated at the back of the orbit corresponds to the optic foramen a short cylindrical canal which transmits the optic nerve and ophthalmic artery some anatomists describe the apex of the orbit as corresponding with the medial end of the superior orbital fissure it seems better however to adopt the statement in the text since the ocular muscles take origin around the optic foramen and diverge from it to the bulb of the eye it will thus be seen that there are nine openings communicating with each orbit viz the optic foramen superior and inferior orbital fissures supraorbital foramen infraorbital canal anterior and posterior ethmoidal foramina zygomatic foramen and the canal for the nasal lacrimal duct end of section thirty two